0: Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird, he loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. Hi, Andrew. Hey,
1: Martin, how are you? I'm doing doing very well. And uh, earlier I was talking with Ben about uh, the gamma ray thing, about the gamma rays. And I mentioned the people with the uh, pocket protectors. And we got a text from someone because, I and I don't know if you find that insulting that, you know, people who, who deal in science are, are always wearing those pocket protectors. It's kind of a nerdlinger kind of thing.
0: No, we're, we're, we're all gigantic nerds. Yeah. Um, and, and anyone and any one of us who takes offense at that, look in the mirror.
1: Yeah. And somebody texted us and said, uh, maybe the pocket protector is what saves us from gamma rays. So there you go.
0: Wishful thinking.
1: Yeah, wishful thinking. But, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) if it was made of lead, maybe.
1: Yeah, perhaps, and it was huge. Uh, But let's talk gamma rays. Now, I I don't understand this at all, but I heard that some people are saying that this could be the brightest gamma ray burst to hit the Earth since human civilization began. So, first of all, tell us what is a gamma ray burst.
0: So, uh, a gamma, and I'm going to have to take everybody through their high school... Uh, science curricula again, my apologies. Mm. Uh, But it's always important to keep in mind when we're dealing with the idea of light or energy in space, we use the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Right. Like if you're listening to us, you know, on an AM radio, God bless you, first of all. Um, (laughs) Thank God for that. Um, But radio waves are a form of light in a certain sense. They're a form of energy and radiation, right? Radio waves are on the far end. They've got extremely long wavelengths. You know, uh, you know, the, the peaks of each wave are sometimes kilometers apart, uh, if not sometimes even longer. Uh, you get visible light where the peaks of the waves are, you know, hundreds of nanometers across. We've jumped down a whole uh, bunch of runs on the ladder here. Um, and if we go down below visible light, we reach um, good old-fashioned ultraviolet. Uh, It's the stuff that gives you sunburns, right? Um, That's why you always got to layer up in your UVA, UVB when you go outside. Um, Even when it's not super bright out, just do it. 30 Mm -hmm. SPF. I'm preaching to the choir because I don't actually do that, but I also don't go outside. So that's okay. (laughs) Um, uh, And then if you keep kind of stepping down the ladder in intensity... Uh, in terms of stepping down in terms of size of wavelength, we eventually hit gamma rays uh, and gamma rays are extremely narrow. And because they're extremely narrow, they occupy or they take a lot of energy in a very short amount of space compared to, say, radio waves. Right. Radio waves pass through you all the time right, right now. OK, it does not affect you adversely in any way, shape or form uh, because there's not a whole lot of energy. Uh, but gamma rays, uh, you ever watch Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries? I
1: did. That was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, gamma rays, not for the squeamish.
1: Oh, so it's, it's basically radiation we're talking about.
0: It is all light and energy is technically radiation. It's just certain energies of radiation are more harmful to us than others. And once you get into ultraviolet, ultraviolet is radiation damage, right? It is, as it comes into your skin, it is breaking DNA and causing your skin to peel. And then you rub it off and it looks like snow and you laugh and then you feel sad. Um, right. Uh, So, that out of the way, a gamma-ray burst is essentially what happens when bad things happen in the universe. So, this could be the result of a black... uh, of a collision between two black holes. This could be the result of the collision of two neutron stars. Uh, These could be the result of collisions between a a large star and a black hole or a neutron star. So, any big things that smack into each other uh, have the potential to unleash a gamma-ray burst. Uh, And gamma-ray bursts are essentially these directed jet engines of gamma ray radiation uh, that kind of spew out into the cosmos. Um, And luckily on Earth, we have the delightful ozone layer. Uh, We have a wonderful uh, magnetosphere. We have a magnetic field that protects us from a lot of the super bad stuff. Um, We've got a whole lot of defense mechanisms against uh, cosmic radiation, including gamma ray bursts. So saying that we've detected potentially what they're calling the boat you Know, yeah, what, the boat kids, kids these days call it goating and the goat greatest of all time. Uh, boat is the brightest of all time, is what they're calling it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's so quite, that's a nice nerd moment,
0: <laughs> right? So, they've they've called it the boat, um, and they figured it, it's about uh, a once in every 10,000 year event in terms of power, um, so. In terms of modern human civilization, that's essentially spot on. It's about the brightest gamma ray burst we've ever seen um, since humanity was a thing.
1: Wow. Well, in a modern sense. So is there any danger to us from it, from the radiation?
0: Uh, Nope, not at this, not at the level that it was at. You have to keep in mind that, well, 10,000 years is a bit long for folks like you and me. Um, 10,000 years to the universe is, you know, the time it takes you know, for me to uh, absolutely gorge myself on a pot of macaroni and cheese, right? It is is—it is beneath the blink of an eye. Um, 10,000 years is nothing. Um, so on, on universal time scales, the amount of, you know, radiation that we get here, not a whole, whole lot. It is probably essentially entirely absorbed by both our magnetic field and our ozone layer and the atmosphere itself. They all kind of disperse it and you're not going to notice anything different. Um, Although I will say this because I do like to scare people a little bit sometimes. Um, Gamma ray bursts in close proximity to the Earth, like we're talking in our cosmic neighborhood of, say, 100 light years. uh, And because... That's a hard number to grasp. One light year is about 10 trillion kilometers. Wow. Not that that's any easier, but, you know, (laughs) those are units people understand. Um, This gamma ray burst came to us uh, about 1.9 billion light years away. So the light from this explosion has been traveling for almost 2 billion years uh, before it, you know, all those photons of light, they were enjoying their free ride through space. uh, And then they happened to smack into a tiny little rock. 1.9 billion years later and that's us
1: wow Um, that blows my mind
0: well and here's the thing i always tell people this about astronomy like when you look up in the night sky or you know anywhere you're looking back in time right the stars that you see in the night sky are not as you see them now they're as you see them when the light that you're looking at left them because light is an instant right light takes time to get places so you know if you look at say um there, you know, another big news thing that's been happening recently is Trappist One. It's uh, one of the prospective solar systems out there uh, that we're looking to see if we can detect any any sense of habitability among its planets. Uh, if you were to look at Trappist One with a telescope, uh, a you would need a very big telescope, like ridiculously big. It's a small, tiny star, uh, and b it's about forty light years away. So when you look at it in the night sky tonight, you're actually seeing how it looked in 1983.
1: Wow. That's, that's, that's really wild. And and we got a text from John and he, he wrote something that I was going to ask you about. Uh, didn't gamma rays create the Hulk? I think so. Yeah,
0: I think so. Uh, again, good for him. Don't try (laughs) that at home.
1: Cause you, and you don't want to become the Hulk. Hulk
0: bad. You don't want to become the Hulk, and you don't want to encounter any of the other possible bad endings that encountering a large source of gamma ray radiation uh, would do to you. Again, if you're not squeamish, watch Chernobyl. <laughs> right, right.
1: So uh, y- um, you were yeah. saying that it it could have been the result of black holes colliding?
0: Correct. Yep, it could have been the result of black holes colliding. It could have been the result of something falling into a black hole. It could have been the result of two stars colliding. Uh, I'm not sure that they've actually identified the source like in an exact way. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have, uh, I haven't found anything that really confirms it yet. Uh, But it's potentially, you know, any one of these things that can create this because gamma ray burst, you know, imagine, you know, a flashlight beam that doesn't really get super dim for billions of light years. Like you need one heck of an explosion yeah, to make that happen.
1: wow, that that's wild. and And speaking of black holes, there's uh, a story about a a new black hole that was discovered. Uh, right? But first of all, explain to me, I don't know if you can because I don't understand the idea of what a black hole is. Just in a couple of sentences, what is a black hole?
0: A black hole is essentially the closest way the best way I can describe it in you know, a couple of sentences. Um, is Einstein tells us that space and time are one thing, and that thing is essentially, looks like a fabric, right? So remember those mattress ads where they would drop a bowling ball on the mattress? Right. Um, You know, any object creates divots in the mattress or in the fabric. uh, And a black hole is essentially a divot or a, you know, object in this fabric uh, where the divot that it makes is infinitely deep
1: right <laughs> so you
0: try to it i know it, it's this not is, easy in a few sentences this Nothing isn't gonna can be escape.
1: on the test is it
0: oh god no yeah, no good if i was charging if i was charging everyone listening you know like college tuition levels maybe but nah, yeah no you're fair, all good
1: fair enough but they're uh, but they're, they've just discovered a really big one right
0: uh they think they have um and this is all due to the wonderful world of computer modeling um but so basically a black hole is this object usually results uh, it results from the death of a supermassive star. Uh, our sun will not turn into a black hole. It is not big enough. Um, it'll kind of go out as a white dwarf and then cool down over billions and billions of years. So don't worry about that. Okay. Um, but a black hole essentially is this hole essentially in space where the gravitational pull is so intense that not even light can escape it, right? That's why it's a black hole. No light can escape, so we can't see it in that sense. Um, and what Durham University... Um, and they're the, the folks behind this study here, um, are postulating is that they may have found a black hole with a mass of 30 billion times the, uh, that of our sun. Um, which if they found this, uh, oh boy, that's a big one. Um, that would be in fact, one of the biggest black holes we've ever discovered.
1: Right. So, so what happens, does the black hole take in, uh, uh, celestial bodies and then they just disappear?
0: Yep. As far as we know, uh, anything that is unfortunate enough to get caught in its gravitational pull and not get ejected uh, gets eaten, for lack of a better phrase, and we do not see it again. Wow. It's just gone.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that we don't really understand, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it, it, black holes are, you know, one of these, and black holes, and gamma-ray bursts as well, these have been a, a relatively recent... Uh, Both of these things are relatively recent in in terms of astronomy, you know, areas of interest. Uh, You know, we only really postulated the idea of a black hole barely 120 years ago, right? You know, compare that to the length and depth of, you know, literature, of philosophy, uh, of other sciences, you know, these are very, very new fields. So we're, you know, every single day, essentially, we're learning all sorts of new things. Um, And one of the things that we've, kind of learn to do um, with black holes. And this is actually uh, what Jeremy University uh, is kind of leaning on to say that we found a 30 billion mass solar black hole, 30 billion solar mass black hole, um, is they use a computer model uh, to essentially look at how, and I remember how I mentioned Einstein's idea of space being a fabric and how things dent that fabric. Right. So when we're looking at this black hole, we see space warp. On the way from the black hole to us. When we look at that patch of sky, we see stars get all warped. Um, this, is an, this is an effect called um, uh, gravitational lensing, also unsurprisingly theorized by Einstein. The guy was kind of smart. <laughs> um, so we looked at this gravitational lensing, we looked at how space itself was warping due to the gravitational influence of this black hole. And their computer model seems to indicate. Uh, that the best fit for what we're seeing in the data, the best fit for what explains the kind of shape that we're looking at uh, is a black hole of about 30 billion solar masses. So we don't actually know how big this black hole is. They're just looking at the data and taking what fits the data best based on what we know. Um, And that's science in a nutshell. You know, you have an idea, you grab some data, you make the best fit. And then you see if that actually matches with reality. And if it does, congratulations. And if it doesn't, we go back to the drawing board. Um, So it's not a a, a confirmed discovery. Um, But this does open up an entirely essentially new class of black holes. Um, So when we're talking about black holes, there's at the smallest and stellar mass black holes. So black holes, you know, several times the size of our sun. You know, Mm -hmm. we we can picture that, Right. Uh, and then we get into massive black holes, which, you know, maybe hundred times the size of the sun. Those are out there. Then we get into supermassive black hole. This is not a Muse reference. Um, although well, <laughs> I, I did like that song. Um, we get supermassive black holes. Uh, these can be millions of times the mass of our sun. And these are the kinds of black holes that are found at the center of galaxies. Right. If you think of the galaxy as a giant bathtub, the black hole is the drain. Um and then this potentially opens up the field to ultra-massive black holes, which, you know, we're now talking into the billions of solar masses. So if this is a confirmed discovery, boy howdy, uh, are we in a weird, scary place in the universe?
1: Yeah, it, it makes you feel very small. And I'm wondering about, will, could, could there be a black hole that could have some effect on Earth?
0: If one were to get close enough Sure. Um, But we are nowhere, and I repeat, absolutely nowhere near any black hole or any stars that may become black holes. Um, We are very much safe from black holes. Um, But let's say, you know, the sun turned into a black hole. Uh, To put it bluntly, we would not have a good day. (laughs) Um,
1: We wouldn't need sunscreen.
0: No, you wouldn't. You would need like high powered radiation screen. Um, But here's the fun fact. If the sun was replaced with a black hole, the same mass as the sun, nothing would change. We would still orbit the sun as if it was there. We would just, you know, freeze and die.
1: Wow. Interesting. So what what keeps you up at night in terms of what's out there?
0: What keeps me up at night? Um, I always like to think of something called the Fermi paradox. It's this question posed by mathematician Enrico Fermi. Uh, F E R M I for those who are so inclined, um, the Fermi paradox. It's the question that seeks to answer the apparent uh, mismatch in how large the universe is and how and the reason why we have not detected any life besides our own. Right. So I'll running through a few numbers here and I understand numbers are scary. I barely passed my grade 11 math. I got 52%. So I'm, really? I'm in the same boat as all. Oh Yeah. Trust me. Math numbers do not do well with my brain. Uh, I'm good at ideas, not numbers. Okay. Um, so let me run this past you. So our galaxy might have 300 billion stars. Okay. Okay.
1: Three
0: hundred billion. One galaxy that's ours. Uh, our studies of the galaxy show that perhaps every planet has maybe two plan Every, sorry, every star has maybe two planets. Maybe. So let's just, for simplicity's sake, say every star has two planets. So that means in our galaxy, there are now 600 billion planets. And you mean to tell me that there's life on only one? And this is one galaxy. And the universe has hundreds of billions of galaxies, each with hundreds of billions of stars, which means there are hundreds of billions of billions of planets. So then the question is, if there are so many potential lottery tickets for life, why are we alone?
1: Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. And wh- why does that scare you so much?
0: Well, that only, it, it kind of leads you to a couple of conclusions. You know, one potential conclusion is that we're the first. Okay. We're the first you know, spark of life in the entire universe, um, at least in our local area. Uh, the second conclusion is that we're the last. Ooh. and that there is nobody else <laughs> left
1: and Ooh. we are the last Ooh.
0: vestige Ooh. the third conclusion is that we are just lucky and perhaps this is a universe in which life cannot exist outside of this one coincidental pocket wow there is another conclusion you can make and that's and this is my favorite one uh, this is in my opinion the most horrifying one life is out there but it's hiding Okay, we can't find it because it doesn't want to be found for some reason.
1: Well, yeah, I wonder, uh, because we got another text, uh, you know, it's saying a black hole could be a wormhole to another universe or somewhere elsewhere in the universe. What are the the odds of that?
0: Uh, Anywhere between zero and 100. (laughs) You know, there's no way for us to know Uh, our understanding of physics breaks down when we try to analyze black holes, um, every single tool that we have breaks down at what's called the event horizon, like the lip of the drain. Once you go over that lip, all of, all of everything we know breaks. Um, so, you know, if we have a volunteer who wants to try and figure that out, good luck to you. Um, but until we find a way to have the physics of the universe make sense in a realm of infinite gravity, infinite density, zero light speed, Um, we're frankly never going to truly know what happens inside.
1: So I guess for scientists, it requires a lot of being able to be comfortable with not understanding certain things.
0: And yes, and it also leads to what I think is a lot of the romanticism about astronomy. It's the idea that it's this pursuit of knowledge that... And you, know, you could argue all knowledge is this way. But the pursuit of knowledge in a grand sense that will never end, that will always be left to your descendants and to their descendants and to their descendants. Um, it's truly one of the grand, you know, adventures, if you will, um, in in the entire universe, that we are lucky enough to be conscious enough to engage ourselves um, I'm going to borrow the words of Carl Sagan. Um, you know, we are the universe's way of knowing itself. Right?
1: right. Okay.
0: The stuff that the stars and planets and everything are made of, we are made of the same things. We are just them in a coincidental, you know, organization of molecules and whatever. Uh, and we happen to be conscious for a few years. Uh, so it's pretty cool that we get to try and explore everything else out there.
1: Well thank you Andrew I uh, you always leave me with a lot to think about.
0: Yeah it's yeah it's, yeah I know. <laughs> it's it's a lot but it's it's fun.